Recording progress. Stapakaya Chadharmasya Sarvadharmasvarupini Avatara Varishthaya Rama Krishnaya Tenamaha Vasudeva Sutam Devam Kangsachanuramardanam Devaki Paramanandam Krishnam Vande Jagat Gurum In the last class, we were studying the 29th verse, the 29th sloka of the second chapter of Srimad Bhagavata Gita, where we found that Bhagavan is describing the self as Ascharya, the wonder. Ascharyavat Pashyati Kaschidenam, Ascharyavat Vadati Tathaivachanya. Ascharyavat Chanyam Anyasrinoti Srutva Pienang Veda Nachaiva Kaschit. That some look upon the self as wonder, some speak of it as wonder, some hear of it as wonder, still others, though hearing, do not understand it at all. So, as we were indicating, that anything which is rare, it is suddenly seen, suddenly perceived, that we consider as Ascharya. So the self, we as such, it's not a matter of perception to the common mankind, to the common humankind. It's a few fortunate ones through their spiritual realization comes to have an inkling of it. It is a something without which the existence itself is not possible, but being the core of our being, it is not perceptible. And when we just get an inkling of it in the form of realization, we are amassed, we are bound to be amassed in wonder. The, as the word, and we in the indicating that the word Ascharya means something rare, which very nicely has been described in the uh, Kathopanishad. So there is, is a nice mantra in Kathopanishad, the seventh mantra of the second chapter of the first part of Kathopanishad. Sravanayapi vahuvir yanalabhya Srinvantopi bahavo yangna vidyu Ascharyo vakta kushalosyalabtha so this the self is not even been heard of by many. It's not available for hearing to many. Many are not interested about it at all. They never even have heard of it. That's what Sravanaya pi vahubi yana labhya. Srinvantopi vahubu yana vidyu. And those who have heard, a very few of them can really even intellectually understand, intellectually grasp what it has been spoken of as. So just the rarity speaks of its wonder. So the most of the people haven't heard, those who have heard, they also cannot understand it in its true context. So Ascharya Vakta Kushalasyo Labdha so it's a very rare indeed that where we find a realized soul, Ascharya Vakta, he's Ascharya because he's a wonder, because he's something rare. Ushalasya Labdha. And that also to him, someone has approached with a real yearning who really wants to realize the self. There's no other motivation. Such a combination can result in again the realization 
the shishya can realize the self only when he has approached that ascharya vakta the one who is the wonder indeed to have realized the spiritual dimension of our existence in his life and he has become jivan mukta he is a free soul while living so, so when such happens then it is a really again a wonder wonder is he who he realizes the self being instructed by an adept by an adept by an real realized soul that is ascharya vakta kushalasya labdha ascharya gyata kushalanushishta so that's what we saw in the last class being instructed to arjuna by krishna and krishna for the time being concludes the topic of indestructibility of the self in the next verse so what's the verse let's go to the verse and we will continue our discussion on it dehi nityam avadhyoyam dehe sarvasya bharata tasmat sarvani bhutani natvam shochitum arhasi so o arjuna so this bharata is the arjuna so dehe sarvasya bharata in this body in this body the soul dwells within the body he is the dehi the one who resides in the deha in the body is the dehi the soul that dwells within the body know it for certain after discussing he is saying that it cannot it can never be slain it is avadhyo that which cannot be slain nityam never it's not that that sometimes in war the i have won at other times i may lose i may be killed so it's nitya refers to the term that it never can be killed nityam avadhyoyam so tasmat sarvani bhutani natva shochitum arhasi so you should not mourn for any one in this world in this existence because this kind coming and going is just of the body the self never dies this is the realization which gives tremendous strength what's the strength like very nicely it has been spoken of in again in the kathopanishad there is a very nice mantra in kathopanishad it's a very poetic what it says yasya brahmacha kshatramcha ubhe bhavata odana mrityur yasya upasechana ka itha ved yatrasah so yasya brahmacha kshatramcha ubhe bhavata odana odana means food the one the one who has realized the self who is established in the self for him the brahmin and the kshatriyas are like food and mrityur yasya upasechana and in that food death is the condiment you add the spice what it is actually speaking of the one who has realized the self he has gone beyond the dictums of the priestcrafts the church has gone beyond the dictum of the church even the church cannot bind him by church we do not mean a religious body of a particular religious organization church means the of any denomination the religious organization the faith which is uh, ruling over the faith of the mass in that sense we use the word church so any church any the brahmin speaks of the church the brahmin who dictates the do's and don'ts to the society as per the religious life is concerned kshatriya he is also there to dictate us the do's and do, don'ts in the form of all the laws which governs the land so it is the brahmin and the kshatriya the church and the government that used to be to start, even to certain extent now of course the government is almost all powerful the church has lost its hold to a great extent but in the olden society 
these were the two these were the two bodies which had a hold on the entire society and all were bound to follow the dictums that has been imposed by them the government and the church so what was dharma then the dharma means dharayate iti dharma i knew very well that if i cannot restrict my life within the dictums which has been dictated by the church and by the government i will be in danger my life will be in peril i cannot have a very peaceful integrated life so those are the laws which is to hold me integrate me so in that sense the dharma means that which holds that which binds us so those were the thing which is which binds us but the one who has gone beyond the realization toward the history of religion you will find that one who has gone beyond the has gone to the realization has gone established in the self nothing can hold them back they just speak the truth what they have realized without bothering what the society has to say about them whether they are censoring them whether they are going to persecute them they are not afraid at all they speak boldly about the self because they have gone beyond the laws so that's how you will find all the religions at the head of which there is a prophet or there is a seer is a mystic a saint who has formed as if a great force for the a religious movement to start to ensure you will find he is a man of realization and he has gone beyond the dictums of the church of the government he just speaks what's the truth without fearing the church or the government and then what happens that the church and the government is bound to rebel back is just going to try to censor him try to stop him from what he is preaching go just relate to any of the religious tradition you will find they're trying to stop him but he feels that for the say for not for it is not to challenge the church not to challenge the government he is the savior to save the human kind he knows this is the knowledge which has to be delivered and then all the oppositions become the food the more they oppose more his assertion of the self that becomes this the kshatriyas and the brahmins becomes the food on that the message starts spreading the more they oppose the more the message spread as if that brahmins and the kshatriyas have become the food on that the message is being nourished the more the opposition the more it spreads not only that at last it may entail in the death of the prophet mrityu that becomes a condiment that becomes a pickle the spice that adds up to the flavor of the food in the form of opposition which comes from the brahmins and the kshatriyas and we find the death actually causes the flourishment of that particular belief or faith you relate to any of the religious tradition there's a wonderful story when alexander was conquering with the with the idea of conquering the entire world he was proceeding and he came to india he was amazed by a fakir a sage a saint when he went he was just loitering in the forest and he saw that sage and in the process of conversation he was really amazed that so much knowledge this person has apparently a very simple soul but full of knowledge he was so impressed he told you please come with me i will make you that one of the dignitaries of my of of all this my administration the administrative officials so he declined alexander could never believe that why should someone decline that he is the emperor of the world how can someone decline to him his request at last he started threatening him 
that if you don't come with me, I will kill you. And then we find the saint told, I never thought you were a fool. You're such a big fool. Know it for certain, none can kill me. So this is the assertion. So uh, Swami Vivekananda used to say that sometimes seeing a religiously evolved, spiritually evolved person to be very mild, very feeble, we think that they are not courageous. The courage belongs to the Kshatriya. It can never be to that of a so-called realized soul. Kshatriya can even renounce his life in the battlefield. But we forget that all this realized soul has shown the real strength that even at the face of death, nothing can take away their conviction. Even if the church feels that what they are speaking is not up to their interest, if the government feels what they are speaking is not up to their interest, they are not bothered. It's not to again challenge them, just to establish the truth which the humankind needs, on which the humankind can find fulfillment. That they preach boldly. Go to the story of the crucifixion of the Jesus, the same thing. Go to the Baha'i movement. Again, you will find the same thing, the Sufi movement. That so many times that we have indicated previously that Al-Haq means the truth. But when the Sufi mystics started speaking An-Al-Haq, that An created all the problem. That's I am the truth. The moment you say that immediately, the church comes, the so-called priests come to impose their restrictions on you. You cannot say that, it is blasphemy. But that's the language of all the mystics, of all the traditions. When they go to the realization, they go to that unitary experience. They speak out with in spite of all the persecutions they have to go through. Nothing could stop them. Actually, all those persecutions flared up the faith. You go to the Sikh faith, the same thing happened at the time of Aurangzeb, at the time of the Mughal rule. The more they were oppressed, the more the movement was flaring up. So Brahma and Kshatra becomes the food and death becomes the condiment. So it's in, even in, in our Hindu tradition also we find that there we found that somehow there was a freedom in religion. But yes, in the after the Muslim invasion, there were a lot of persecutions going on. Even when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, you will find, he was asked to stop the Nagar Sankirtanam. He actually came out with a full force without fearing about the persecution. Yes. Just without thinking of any type of persecution, they were uh, just to have your seat. So, the, so there was so much of the fear of persecution, but there was no such as such this fear, the fear factor has gone totally. So that's the thing which we find which is being indicated in this mantra that yasya brahma chakshatrancha ubhe bhavata udana mrityur yasya upasechanam ka itha veda yatrasa. So when you get established in yourself, when you get established in your realization, so please. Uh, Ask them to sit there if the class is going on here. So if uh, so this, uh, the fear of death in no way can just restrict them. So that's the idea which we find in this sloka. Dehi nityam avadhyoyam dehi sarvasya bharata tasmat sarvani bhutani natvam shochitum arhasi. So there is no fear. There is no question of 
being anxious. There's no question of mourning. It, because you have got established in yourself. Dehi nityam avadhyoyam. The Dehi can never be killed. And that gives us strength. And on which we find that the, all the religious movements are established. That they become totally fearless. They go above the dharma. The so-called dharma which speaks of integration within the laws of the government and the church. You have gone beyond that. And then the dharma has a different meaning. What is the meaning of dharma then? Vishishyateti dharma. That you know that Vishishyata means everything in this world has its own characteristic. Like the water flows. The fluidity is the dharma, the characteristic of water. So, the milk is white. The whiteness is the dharma of the milk. So like that, we find that each and everything has its characteristic. So the characteristic of a human being, what's the characteristic of a human being? That human being alone can be can realize its own self. So no one else can do that. So in that sense, now the dharma, once you trans, you can go to that sense of dharma. When you get, when you realize yourself, now you transcend the other meaning of dharma. That dharayateti dharma, that you have transcended. So now vishishyate, as a human being, the capacity to realize the self, that has been established in your life, that has brought the fulfillment. And now you go beyond all the so-called the dictums of the society. So that's the thing which has been indicated in the 30th verse of the second chapter. So now from 32nd to the 37th, these are the slokas. It doesn't need much explanation. Here we will find that Krishna, as, a, as one of the most efficient teacher, is trying to convince Arjuna that he has to fight the battle from various perspectives. That maybe the idea of the self doesn't appeal him. Then even from the perspective of Swadharma, Swadharma, that he being a Kshatriya, for him it is, it is most apt, it is apt to just not be afraid of death, afraid of this war. He has to be firm enough, he has to have that grit, that resolution, that resilience to go through all the hardships which is bound to face because, bound to face because of the, this war. He has to go through that and he has, because of his Swadharma, being a Kshatriya, again taking part in the war is the only thing which is desirable. So from the 32nd to the 37th, these verses indicates that. So let us go through these verses one by one. The 31st verse, what it is saying? Swadharmam api chavekshya navikampitum arhasi dharmyat hi yudhyat sreyonyat kshatriyasya na vidyate. Even considering from your own dharma, swadharmam api chavekshya, from the standpoint of your own dharma, you should not waver. You should not waver. You should not be vacillating in your decision. Why? Because dharmyathi yudhyat, dharma yudhya, righteous war, not just war, not for the sake of aggression, for uh, just uh, exploiting others' wealth, others' property. That's of course not desirable. But if it is a dharma yudhya, that the peace has to be resorted. The peace has to be brought back. That some destructive forces is not allowing you to have peace and prosperity. And that's when you have a righteous work. You have the right to, again, restore the peace. So that's the righteous war. If there's a chance for that righteous war, so there is nothing better than that. 
So we find that this is the idea of this uh, Swadharma, which has been established in the Bhagavad Gita again and again. That Swadharma, that religion doesn't mean that you have to renounce your day-to-day activities and uh, your responsibilities and resort to a life of a renunciate. Just by following your Swadharma, your responsibilities, that if I am a student, as a student, what's my responsibility? If I am a professional, as a professional, what's my duty? What's my responsibility? If I am a businessman, as a businessman, what's my responsibility? As a politician, whatever role I am playing in that, what's my responsibility? If I can do it perfectly, and along with that, with proper perspective, with proper orientation, to do the thing is one thing and to do the thing with proper orientation is another thing. So when you do it with proper orientation, then it becomes a spiritual affair. As Swami Vivekananda used to say, nothing is secular. Everything is spiritual. It's how you are doing it. So that's the idea here. This when you're doing it, in the, when you are resorting to Swadharma, from that standpoint also, this battle is something which shouldn't be forsaken. As has been indicated in the 43rd sloka of the 18th chapter of Bhagavad Gita, that what are the characteristics of a Kshatriya, Shaurya, Teja, Dhritri, Daksha, Yudhye, Chapi, Apalayanam, Chapya Palayanam, Danam, Ishwara Bhavascha, Kshatran, Karma, Swabhavajam. Shorya, heroism. He should be full of valor, heroism, that's stage, strength, dhriti. He should be resilient. He shouldn't be afraid of the hardships which he is going to face. He should have that grit, that resilience that speaks of the dhriti. Dark, this dakshata, the skill in weaponry that should he should have. Yudhye cha api apalayanam. He should not run away from the battle. There shouldn't be any retreat from the battlefield because of the fear of death. Dhanam. And when there is no war, the country is going through the peace and prosperity. There, as a Kshatriya, you have to look after the welfare of the society. So that speaks of the large-heartedness in the form of dana, all the welfare activities that the government runs. Just see, when the war is there, the government has to send the soldiers for the battle. And when the peace is reigning, then it has to look after the prosperity of the nation. So dana, Ishwara Bhavascha. So he should have that leadership abilities. Ishwara Bhava means the leadership abilities. These are the dharmas of Ekshatriya. So that's why we find when after winning the Kurukshetra war, Yudhishthira was so dejected because all her relatives have been killed and he wanted to renounce the kingdom. And that's what he was expressing to Bhishma. Bhishma who was about to die, he was in the bed of arrows and that's the Shantiparva actually starts there where Yudhishthira went for advice from Bhishma, who is about to die. And hearing that Yudhishthira wants to renounce, they are very nice. One line in the Shantiparva is there. Danda evahi Rajendra Kshatra Dharma na mundanam. This Danda na munda. What's that? Danda means just the duty of the Kshatriya is Danda. That is exercise the power not to exploit, but to serve people. Danda means the exercise, the exercising the power to serve his people. So that is the dharma of Kshatriya. Namundanam, not to shave his head and become an ascetic. So this is the thing which we find here also Krishna is indicating. By following your dharma, you can excel even spiritually if your orientation is perfect. That for why you are resorting to this war. Why this? you have to resort to this war. And the next sloka speaks that it's not that you are the one who are the aggressor. 
you are not going to you have to defend yourself because someone is going to exploit you so now this war has came as a opportunity to practice religion this is war is an opportunity to practice religion to practice righteousness so what is that 32nd shloka is speaking yadrichaya chopapannam swarga dwaram apavritam sukhina kshatriya partha labhante yuddham idrisham that happy indeed are the kshatriyas yadrichaya cha upapannam because it came by itself it's not that you are the one who is interested in the war it came by itself the situation was such that there was going to be some exploitation and it is you who have to take part in the righteous war to stop any form of exploitation yadrichaya cha upapannam this type of war opens up the doors to the heaven swarga dwaram apavritam sukhina kshatriya partha labhante yuddham idrisham so he becomes sukhi he is happy why even if it entails in your death but the idea that even after the death that we transmigrate if you have taken part in a righteous war and that has caused your death it will lead to swarga it will lead to a higher evolved life what it actually speaking of in our day to day life you know that wherever there is a question of attenuation of our ego the attenuation of our selfishness reduction of our selfishness removal of our selfishness erasing of our selfishness that speaks of our evolution in the entire life that just when a small child is having some pocket money it immediately he will be thinking of how to use it for all the things it wants the same child when he has become the father the same money he can use for himself but the thought comes the responsibility is there i have so many dependables it's not only for me so if i have to go to some shop, that's just when i'm passing from from my school i'm returning to my that's uh, that i'm coming back home i see the mcdonalds the child will just go directly and have whatever they have in their pocket but the father it's not that the father doesn't feel like going he also feels but the first thought which will come to his mind the picture will come to his mind it's his children it's the other family members so what he will do he has to renounce his own desire he will go he will go to the same shop he will buy the things not to grab it there itself he will bring it at home he will share it with all so the question of tyaga and seva comes here how with the annihilation of the self the more we can annihilate ourselves think of others the more we are evolved and that speaks of the entire evolution that's why there's an idea of yagya in the bhagavad gita when we read the word yagya in the gita and we translate it is the homer we do a big mistake yes in a limited sense the homer also means same that why we used to do homer that we offer oblations with the idea that the rain there is a god personified god in the who gives us rain who gives us wind if the wind is too strong my cultivation my my, my agriculture will be destroyed if there is too much rain or the scarcity of rain i won't get crops so they should be appeased how i can appease so this was the idea that if i pour some oblations in the fire we find that as a smoke it moves up so this was the visualization that fire is the mouth of the devas the gods are residing up with this with the this what you say with the fire that as in the form of the smoke all the oblations are taken by all the devas so you may say is it correct forget about the right and wrong the for idea is of interrelation that this nature is there whether there is some person there or not let us forget about it but the idea was there that nature and we are interdependent it is the rain which gives us the crop 
on which I sustain myself. So I have to be in collaboration with the nature. There should be a synergy. I cannot just think of my existence without cooperating the nature. So this is the real idea of yagya, this give and take. So wherever it is followed, this is the just the way I cannot break the law of gravitation. Can I break? I can never. Sometimes we say, very interesting thing we say that, that all these laws are nonsense. It's my freedom. I don't believe in them. I won't follow them. That sometimes we say that my, it's my freedom. All those uh, do's and don'ts are nonsense. They have no, they are such an absolute truth. But there is something called absolute truth. Like Sri Ramakrishna used to say that if I take chili, I'm bound to feel that hot sensation. When a chili is kept in a plate, whether I will take it or not, that is my choice. I can, I cannot. But I will take the chili, but I will not have that hot sensation. Is it going to happen? Never. If I take the chili, I am bound to feel that hot sensation. If I don't take well and good. So the law are there. Whether I follow them or not, it's my choice. But if I follow the result that we are going to accrue, there is there cannot be any as a choice in that. It is fixed. If I don't follow, the result is fixed. Just uh, that example which we give again and again. If you say that I don't believe in gravitation and you jump out of a 20-story building, are you going to fly? You're not going to fly. It's does, it doesn't matter. So laws can never be broken. In our attempt to break laws, we break ourselves. We can never break laws. If you can break a law, that is not a law. So similarly, the law behind the entire universe is cooperation. It's not competition. And we forgot it. And that's this, you will find that we are in the verge of such climatic change where our existence is at brink. Why? Again, we didn't cooperate it. So this cooperation is the law of nature. If you don't do, if you, for my own selfishness, like a cancer cell, I want to grow more and more. What happens when the cancer cell grows in the body, at last the person dies along with that the cancer cell also dies. So the entire society like that cancer cell, when they're thinking of their own gratification, they start growing like the cancer cell and become carcinogenic. The society becomes carcinogenic and that result entails in death. So this is the law, fixed law. You cannot break it. So how come he will say that now we will find that the idea of Swarga, you forget about the so-called whether there is a real heaven or not. It's a question of evolution. That idea behind the idea of Swarga is what? We all want Swarga. What? A life which is much more prosperous. So how is it possible? By following the law of this, what you say, this cooperation, synergy, win-win situation, where I don't give importance to myself. I give importance to others. But this, these stories are so important that sometimes uh, in our school, when I was in school for a long time, so we used to relate this story. That you have all heard this story. It's a very interesting story. That what's the difference between the heaven and hell? A person after dying, his wish was, uh, he, he was asked, what's your wish? He told that, I want to just have a look that how the heaven is and how the hell is. So he was taken first to the hell. And what he saw was there was a huge feast going on. It was a huge dining table, long dining table on both the sides. The people were sitting. The huge arrangement. There was a buffet. This huge arrangement of foods were there. Lots of delicacies were there. But there was one limitation. What's the limitation? The hands were actually all fixed by some. It was tied with some stick. It was straightened. So you cannot bend the hand. There was some uh, uh, some props which was uh, fixed to your hand and it was tied. So now they were trying their best to eat the food with their hand, straightened hand. You can never bring your hand near your mouth. So however they were trying, they couldn't eat the food in, in spite of the fact that so much food was there. 
and it was really something which is tormenting that you have everything but you cannot enjoy and this man was now taken to the heaven and there he saw the same scenario the same this dining table with all the foods kept and there were people sitting on both the sides and then there also we find the same limitation the same at same abundance and same limitation there also the hand was all the hands were all straightened and tied but here he saw a wonderful thing the one who is sitting on this side of the table is picking up the food and feeding the one who is on the other side opposite side of the table and the one who is sitting on the other side he is feeding the one who is in this side of the table so this speaks of win win situation i don't compete with you so that i win you lose you also win i also win so this is the thing which speaks of synergy where i am not thinking of myself i am thinking of the collective goodness and that speaks of swarga swarga is not a place which is different from our place where we all cooperate that becomes swarga where we are not cooperating we are just thinking of ourselves that becomes the hell so here they are saying that where is a dharma yuddha you are going to take part in a battle for the righteous reason you have an ideal behind it that will open up the swarga for you why because you are relinquishing yourself you know when you will see that throughout the world the mothers are like how the god has implanted that tremendous love in the mother mothers are almost helpless if the child is in danger they are ready even to give their life for the sake of the children they will give their life not only human beings any creature you see there in national geographic there are so many videos where you will find even the other animals are giving away their life for the small ones so when your ideal becomes like your child that i stand up for an ideal it has become like my child you are ready to give your life for that ideal you are not even bothered about yourself what it speaks of relinquishing of the selfishness relinquishing of the ego and that speaks of the evolution and that speaks of the swarga dwar opening up just see this slokas are if you just take it in a very literal sense it may not mean much but actually this all has a spiritual implication so yadrichaya cha upapannam sarga dwar apavritam sukhina kshatriya partha labhante yuddham idrisham and the next sloka just says the contrary in contrary that evil results will fall if you run away from a righteous war athach athachetvam imam dharmam sangramam na karishyasi tatah swadharma kirtincha hitva papam avapsyasi athachet tu imam dharmam sangramam na karishyasi and if however you refuse to fight this righteous war athachet tu imam dharmam sangramam na karishyasi you refuse to take part such in righteous war what happens tata swadharma kirtincha so by abandoning your own dharma and your own reputation know it for certain you will incur sin in what way we are incurring sin that just we understood from the previous discussion that what's punya and what papa what is uh, this uh, sin and what is piousness what is holiness can is there a definition of holiness and sin in one sentence vyasa in some other part of mahabharata very nicely has defined that what is holy and what is unholy what is pious and what is sin what is that paropakar punyaya papaya parapirana that anything that gives me happiness if i do it for others that is upakar by taking food i feel satiated i feel happy and when i find someone else is hungry i feed him that is para upakar papaya parapirana and whenever i am tormenting others in any form that's hingsa that is papa so now 
the question comes when I am running away from the righteous one. What type of papa it is? I am doing parapira. How? Because very nicely in the Yoga Sutra it has been told that Hingsa can be in of three forms. Krita, Karita, Anumodita. Committed, caused or approved. So when in the school some fight is going on, I may be the one who is aggressive. That is the committed. I am committing that aggression. Karita. Sometimes I find that I don't have sufficient strength. So I somehow instigate a bully to just uh, take revenge on the one whom, on whom I am angry. So I myself cannot do it. So I am causing it. Karita. I am using someone else to bully upon the one. So it's Krita, Karita. Anumodita. With someone, I have some enemical relation. And I actually, even my, myself, I am not uh, hurting him. Though inside I feel that grudge. Neither I have instigated someone to take revenge on him. Also I have not done. But somehow I find that some fight has ensued. And internally I relish. Wow, it's good. And he should get that good beating. And in, internally I am relishing. That is Anumodana. Anumodita. So that also is Hingsa. Very nicely it has been described. So here we find when I am running away from the war, knowing very well the one who are attacking, their, have, their only sense is aggression. Their only motivation is aggression. Their only motivation is to exploit. And I was the one who was there to stop exploitation. And I'm running away. So it is an Anumodana. So that way it is Papa. It will result in Parapira. It will at last result in tormenting the humankind in general, the mass in general. So that way it is Papa. So if you're not taking part in a righteous work, know it for certain, it will result in Papa. And not only that, people will be speaking ill of you. All your reputation will be gone. The 34th uh, Sloka speaks of that. Akirtim chapi bhutani kathaishyanti te vyayam sambhavitasya chakirtim maranad atirichyate. Akirtim chapi bhutani. The people will speak you as a coward, as a deserter. Kathaishyanti te avyayam. Just they will be saying about you, against you, that you are a coward. You are uh, the deserter. You are the one who has ran away. So they will speak all manners of ill words against you. So and for a man of reputation, for a respectable person, for a man of reputation, such ill reputation is even worse than death. So here this speaks of reputation. You will find in our life, it, take, it takes years to build up reputation. And it may just take a moment to just wash off all your reputation, to ruin all your reputation. That's, that's a, you know, the Warren Buffett, it's his, it is his quotation, that it takes 20 years to build a reputation and five minutes to ruin it. So if you think about it, you will do things differently. So this, what happens when the reputation is ruined? You find that everyone is boycotting you. For any action in your life, you won't find that any in anywhere, in school, college, in my work field, the once the reputation is gone, I will find the all whom I was thinking, my friend, the one who was thinking, my well-wisher, they are becoming more and more indifferent. And now you will understand that how that, that, that type of scenario becomes something even worse than death. But nowadays, sometimes we say, no, it's not the rep that, uh, that reputation uh, can be there in spite of the wrong reasons. It's not, it can never be there. That previously that here we find that Arjuna as a warrior is going to lose his reputation. That's what Krishna is saying, that if you run away from the world. But nowadays you will find that all the so-called famous people are famous because of wrong reasons. So how can you say that uh, 
that uh, that uh, even by uh, just by doing wrong things you cannot be a reputed person so we should always know there's a difference between being famous and being a reputed person there's a difference there's a difference between being famous and being a reputed person famous you can you know sanskrit the shlokas are wonderful they say the in the world in world the easiest thing is to become famous it's the easiest thing how there's a very nice sanskrit shloka which i won't repeat the shloka i will just say the meaning that suppose you want to become famous very easy thing you have to do you just get up on the bank uh, on the back of a donkey and just go around the city next day your paper your name will be highlighted in the newspaper you have done something queer you have done something queer and you immediately you become famous so nowadays in the social media you will find it's full of such such becoming famous do something peculiar dress in a bit peculiar way and post your photo you become famous so many uh, you will find that likes and everything is coming so i myself faced a problem when i was in india you know that the freedom no one has the freedom to ask you how to dress and all in ramakrishna mission we run so many schools and now we found that few of our teachers do got influenced by those ideas and they one of or to this young teachers they started wearing all the dress which we never prescribed and it was a big issue suddenly the teachers was coming people the teacher with all those dress and now we had to of course intimidated we have to call them and ask them that why and the immediate reaction was you cannot say anything about it it's our freedom and then we somehow uh, one day had one was a meeting with the teachers all the teachers together thinking it to be a big crisis i still remember the senior monk a senior monk what the way he dealt the problem was very interesting he told you know this the same thing he told that in this world everyone wants projection everyone wants projection and the easiest way of projection is to do something queer and the first thing that finds expression is through our dress you dress in a certain way people immediately will find you have drawn the attention of so many people and of course that to certain extent speaks of becoming more popular but what happens you know that what why why the concept of uniform is there just to stop becoming famous you you have the right to project yourself that you want to project yourself we don't say that you don't project yourself you project yourself but this way it doesn't help anyone if you just dress in a bit queer way the students suddenly notice you and they think you to be a some like a hero like figure in what way it is helping anyone does the student really getting benefit out of it you are here to give them real education isn't it so if you are a good teacher that also is a projection that also is a big projection that you can deliver the text in such a the lessons in such a way that students are you are you are extremely popular among the students because of your capability of teaching so what we intend to do let the teachers have a uniform so that you can in no way project by in some cheap way that's also a way of projection but it's a very cheap way it doesn't need any type of endeavor in your life if you have not studied a teacher who cannot teach his students he can also become famous just by wearing a particular type of dress and draw the attention of the students he can become famous but it's a way, in what way it is helping anyone it's not helping anyone but if i could have really delivered the uh, this class in the lessons in a wonderful way that would have made me famous so let the dress be uniform we all want you project we never stop you project but project in the in a way which really serves a purpose otherwise what's the use today if for some reason you lose your job here and you go out for another job as a teacher in some other school would you think that this dress this that the, the way you dress and the way you became popular is going to give you that job it's not going to give you so how now you will understand that how that just being become famous helps in no way the real reputation has to be built up it takes time and on that builds our destiny popularity ultimately harms us it in no way so called cheap popularity helps us neither it helps us nor it helps anyone else 
is the re but reputation do help the society. I am building my reputation, but it is because of, of some good cause that I am giving something to the society and that's my reputation is building. So just to become famous and to become popular and to be reputed is different. So when your reputation is harmed, know it for certain, it is harming you. It's really harming you. You may become famous, but it is in no way helping you. So that's the we will understand that the most easiest thing in the world is to become famous, to become popular. But that doesn't entail that you are a respectable person in the society. And once you lose your reputation, then you will find a very interesting thing. That your intentions may be something different, but people will always throw, uh, what you say, that mud on you. The way you have not thought, they will interpret that you have actually thought that way. So here, Arjuna is running away from the war because he found his relatives on the other side. But when he runs away, people will never say that because of his kindness, people will never say that, that because of his kindness, because of his compassionate heart, he left the battlefield. What they will say, he's a coward. Why it happens? Swami Vivekananda is very interesting. This, these uh, words, if you really think a little, you will find what a wonderful meaning it has. Swami Vivekananda used to say, you know that we all have a tendency to see others' faults. We never see the goodness in others. You know why? Very nice reason he's giving. The faults, the so-called weaknesses we have, it is common to all. Somehow it is not finding expression in my life. It is finding expression in others' life, but we have it. It's by default the weakness of all. So easily we can relate. Whenever I see something wrong in others, immediately I can relate because that is in me. He used to give a very nice example. Suppose a lump of gold is lying on this table a small child, an infant who is crawling on the ground, he doesn't know uh, uh, the value of the gold. The gold is there. Someone comes, just sees no one is looking at him, picks up the gold, hides it and runs away. The child will not react at all because the thief is not in that child. He's not in it that. He doesn't know that something has been stolen. So he doesn't see theft. As the thief is not within him, he doesn't see theft. When I see someone is stealing, the idea of stealing is in me. So it's a simple way to understand. When you see fault in others, know it for certain, the fault is in you. You should repent that still you have those impurities in your mind. That's why you see the other's fault. But I never see others' goodness. In life, why don't I see others' goodness? Because any good quality, I know how much labor it requires for a person to develop that quality. And that is unique for that person. The others don't have through my endeavor, all the weaknesses by default we all have, but the, all the goodness is by design. I have designed it myself. No one can relate to it. So in this life, know it for certain that when we lose your reputation, now you will find for all wrong reasons, people are blaming on you, throwing mud on you. And that will make your life more horrible because they all relate to the weaknesses. They can never relate to the good quality. So that's why that will really make your life horrible. Bhayad ranad uparatam mansyante twang maharatha eshang chatvang bahumata bhutva yasyasi laghavam. All will speak ill of you. Avachya vadangscha, that's 36, there's the same idea. Avachya vadangscha bahum vadishyanti tavahita nindanta stava samarthyam tato dukkatarunakim. There is no other. Dukkha. There's no other sorrow, no other dejection greater than that. When you find that all are speaking ill of you. So that's the idea with which he's going to uh, conclude this section where the idea of self is not there. Just take the work that if you lose the reputation, it is going to really uh, demean you. You will find drained out. So in the 37th, we'll conclude this section by saying that Hatova Prapsyasi Sorgam Jitwava Bhokshase Mahim Tasmat Uttishthakonteya Yudhyaya Kritanishchaya. That even if you die in a righteous war, you are going to, as per our belief in the transmigration, you are going to evolve because you have sacrificed your 
that selfishness sacrificed your ego that speaks of your evolution and even if you win you are going to rule the world so in both the way it is win again it is a win win situation in both the way you win so why are you so dejected get up and take part in the battle so with this this section will be over where just for our mundane reasons god is taking from that perspective from this perspective also that running away from this war forsaking this war is of no avail so next the real gita where the idea of the self is brought into the picture from the real that that's the you can say the inception of the gita the beginning of the gita from the 38th shloka of the second chapter it will start so that's idea of the karma yoga uh, which is related to the idea of the self that will start from the 38th shloka which we will again take up in the next class with this we stop our discussion today thank you all namaskars yeah please